Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, all, and welcome to today's installment of the Ish Plus Six podcast, the podcast series where you could discover your next favorite artist. On today's episode, I am joined by Portland based rapper JT Flowers. JT Flowers has been dropping music for a couple of years now, with his most recent album, Steel Rose, having some of his more popular tracks, such as Track 4, East Side Number 2, and Six Deep. With a lot more on the way, JT is definitely one of those artists to look out for in 2022. Please welcome JT Flowers to the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Ish Plus Six podcast. I go by Ish, and today I'm joined by the one and only JT Flowers. Let's go, let's go. How's it going, man? How's it going, What's JT? Up? What's up? I'm chilling, bro. I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I'm living, man. I'm living. I'm living. You know, we in the UK. Well, I'm in the UK. You're in Portland right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's sick, man. That's sick. Um, if you're ready to get into the interview, I'm ready to get into the interview. You've seen the show before. We always start off with a joke. Today's no different. Um, let's just get into it. Yesterday, I saw a guy spill all his Scrabble letters on the road. I asked him, what's the word on the street? <laughs> it, it wasn't that funny, man. It's fine. It's fine. But <laughs> I'll fuck with it. I'll fuck with it. We got to get uh, the, ish, the ish stand-up special, bro. We need it. That's the, that's the stage, bro. Always got to see the funny in it. Oh, man. Okay, so um, you were living in the UK for a little while. How long were you living in the UK, by the way, before we get into the, um, before we carry on? I was in the UK for three years. Yeah. Three years is a long time, actually. I thought it was only a couple of months. No, no, no. I was out there, bro. It was, uh, I was in Oxford for one year, and then I was um, I was in London for the year two and three. Yeah. Year two and three, yeah. So my question is, because you were living in um, America for a long time, for pretty much your whole life, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. beforehand. What was your biggest cultural shock when you moved to the UK? Oh, but everything's different in the UK. Like, <laughs> I, I think like, and I was like, I was lucky enough when I was in college, um, I was on full financial aid. So I got to, when I was in college, I was saying I traveled all over the place because uh, on a school's dime, I didn't have to pay for nothing. I went to a bunch of different countries, saw a bunch of different cultures. Never ever experienced more culture shock than the UK. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> it's, the, it's probably because the language is the same. But the culture is so different, man. Like the music people listen to is different. It's way more international. Um, the relationship to like America is way, way, way different. Like um, especially in communities of color, like there's like this uh, overwhelming and really understandable resentment. Like, man, fuck y'all, y'all done fucked up and colonized that country. I'm like, nigga, the UK colonized your country. What the fuck? America yeah. wouldn't exist without the UK. <laughs> <laughs> He's all expected to say shit, but no, uh, uh, nah, there's just this way, way different relationship to, uh, uh, I was saying in uh, like communities of color out there in the UK, like way different relationship to America than we have with America here. That's not to say people of color in America are like, oh, America's the best place on earth, but it's just to say that um, it's just a, a different relationship by virtue of the way we arrived in the place that we at, you know? Um, we didn't really have a choice. We were brought here and we've been here for what 400 plus years, yeah, exactly. 
Right. So there's no real connection. Um, we can't tell you like, oh, I'm from exactly this place in Africa and here's how to cook my food and here's how to speak my language and here's like my traditional dress and like here's the ceremony that we do for this occasion. Like we don't have none of that. We had to recreate all those things in the context that we were drug into against our wills. So black American culture and black UK culture, like, whoa, way different things. That threw me. I think I was used to just, okay, I go anywhere. If there's black people there, there's black people there and we're gonna vibe out. And the UK niggas is like, where are you from? Like, I'm like, oh, America, I'd be like, no, but like, where are you from? Like, you can't tell me where you from. Like, it was just a way, way different experience. Uh, hey. But I think that stuff spills over into the music, it spills over into the food, the culture, and that's what makes um, that country so vibrant, bro. Like, y'all have, it's, it's really a melting pot in the truest sense. It's been like the most inspirational place I've ever been creatively, because there's so much being brought there so much like richness being brought there from all over the all over the world 100 percent, man i mean to be fair you will hear people in the uk even people in the uk say that the uk is bad vibes which i'll be honest <laughs> with you there are some parts that definitely like london is just <laughs> it's people in london are pretty miserable i'll be honest with you and i love london or london fire london's like my favorite city ever bro. london's like... amazing yeah exactly but like uh you you go on the london underground and it's just everyone just looks so miserable you know what i'm saying it's crazy man it's crazy <laughs> it's um, down there bro. <laughs> yeah. down there, bro. Man, it's crazy you have mentioned in your music you know that like there is one of your lines where she probably think I'm famous probably because I went to good school. If I'm not mistaken, that is the line. You, uh, well, you did spend some time in Oxford, Oxford University, and of course Yale with a master's degree. But what led you down the path of music though? Because it seemed like you were all completely geared towards a career in politics, if I'm not mistaken. So what led you down the path of music? Bro, uh, I had to, I had to save myself, man. I, I felt like I looked up one day. I was working in a congressional office for my congressman, and uh, I just had a couple of experiences in there that made me realize that shit was pointless. Uh, you know, I think oftentimes I had this line I like to say. You know, people often in public service mask their own ambition in the sheepskin of the common good. Another way of saying it is like, you know, people say that they're doing something for a particular reason, like for other people, but in reality, they're doing it so they can continue climbing up a ladder. And I realized that I was climbing up a ladder with no broader goal in sight that had anything to do with anybody outside of myself. But I made myself think that it was about somebody else. Uh, and that just didn't feel right. And it felt like there was no way for me to continue down that path and be true to who I am, be true to my community and be true to the causes I care about. Um, and I started thinking like, okay, well, where can I go where I can be whole? Cause in politics, I can't look like this. I can't speak like this. My hair can't be like this. I can't have my tattoos out. Um, I can't cuss, like, you know what I mean? Like that sphere, is not built for somebody who comes from environments like the ones we come from. Uh, so I started asking myself, well, where can I be my whole self? And I hadn't ever really asked myself that since I was maybe a little kid. Um, the first space I felt like that was basketball. I think the second space I ever felt like that was music. 
So I started waking up every day. I was like, I'm gonna allow myself to do whatever the hell I want to do. One day I woke up, I was like, I'm gonna produce a beat. Boom, <laughs> produce a little beat in the garage. Just snowballed from that. Snowball, bro. A few like a few weeks later, I was like, I want to rap over this. Like, ah, shit, that's embarrassing, bro. Come on, like, don't do some stupid shit like that. I was like, yo, I should just allow myself to do it. Um, and I did, and I was like, okay, cool. Well, if I'm gonna do this, let me throw myself into it and take it seriously. Yeah, and now we're here, bro. So it's been a, a long journey, but one that was critical for me, bro, because I don't like the path I was going down. It wasn't like a negative path, right? I wasn't causing nobody harm, but I was causing myself harm, you know, by not giving myself space to exist freely and authentically, bro. Um, and that's like probably the most tragic things we could ever, one of the most tragic things we could ever do to ourselves as people. And I think I could better serve others if I'm true to myself. Um, yeah, so right about the way of saying, bro. Yeah. I get you, man, honestly, like, cause I know that, um, cause honestly, you do sound completely different here to how you do in like some of your spoken word videos and stuff like that. And yeah. <laughs> it's, it, like the concept of a white voice is not something that a lot of people consider when um well a lot of like the majority consider when they're going about their day-to-day -day life you know but it's something that we as people of color have to consider you know what i'm saying it's i don't think about it bro i think i learned how to code switch so well because shit, bro it's funny you could look up uh I forget the actual search query. I'll send you this video. And I'm gonna post it at some point. I'm gonna incorporate it into like uh, a music video or like some type of rollout promo. Yeah. Uh, it's me when I was like 16, 17 years old being interviewed after a basketball game. And the way I speak, my accent is so like thick, thick Portland, like West Coast accent, but I can't even do it anymore because I spent so much time in so many different places. I had this weird kind of hybrid accent. Yeah. But. Uh, Bro, it's weird seeing a video of me 17 the way I spoke. I'm like, JT Flowers, like shooting guard, Lincoln High School. Like, that's how I talk, bro. And then I think uh, this is a long story and I won't go into it, but um, the short end of it is I went from that, that was my whole existence, basketball. That's how I spoke anywhere I went, da da da. Ultimately, I ended up like gaining access to these spaces I never thought that I belonged in. And in those spaces, I was penalized for the way I spoke. I was penalized for not knowing words. I was penalized for like not structuring my sentences properly. Bro, I literally took time when I was like 17, 18 years old. I would go downstairs into the basement of my house, turn on the news and watch fucking Anderson Cooper on CNN. Like, yeah. and try to recite the way he spoke, which is like very measured. He speaks like this and everything's very clear. And he enunciates and da 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 da. And I was like, okay, if I want to be respected in these spaces, I have to do this. It's crazy. It's sad thinking back on it, but that's how I felt at the time. I was like, oh shit, I gotta literally change the way I speak and exist in order to be accepted into this space. Otherwise I'll be shut out of it. And I'm gonna be stuck in my situation for the rest of my life. So yeah, bro, I completely like, almost took on like a persona. And I, I think politics, like when I was working in politics, it was like the fullest manifestation of that persona. And the moment I just talked about where I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Was the moment I came home after I graduated from college from Yale, which is, you know, opposite end of the country for me. Yeah. And I was like back around people I grew up with and they're like, hey, what are you, why are you speaking like that? What are you doing? <laughs> are you... <laughs> I get you, man, honestly. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, bro? Like, you're you, nigga, like, don't lose that. That's the most beautiful part about who you are, bro. Don't lose that for the sake of doing this thing. You know, it's great that you're doing the thing. We'll be proud of you, but 
make sure you you don't lose touch with who you are um and that was also one of the things that made me be like okay this isn't the right space for me i need some place where i can just be myself you know i don't have to put on an actor put on a voice or nothing 100 yeah exactly i mean have you ever seen sorry to bother you the with lakeith stanfield uh man you need to watch it because literally okay first of all the second half of that film is chaotic it's like something of <laughs> it was something that i'd have never guessed would have happened but the first half literally it's all about the white voice and it's all about being a salesperson talking down the phone being like hey hey man so how do you feel about buying some of our catalogs and you know it's not like that it's like hey so my name is uh larry bitches and i'm calling you from like that ki- like that kind of voice you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's all about finding the right tone and all of that. Um, Crazy, bro. Like, literally, uh, when I started going to the politics, I started giving speeches and stuff. Da, da, da. Bro, I would go watch. It's, it's like a acting, bro. And you know, some of the greatest politicians, um, I, I was going to say greatest, some of the most successful politicians, bro, have been actors. Ronald Reagan was an actor. Donald Trump, actor. Arnold Schwarzenegger, actor, bro. These are people who literally had no fucking idea what they were doing, caused so much harm to people, but they got elected because they knew how to play a role, bro. And um, when I realized that was the game, oh, I, I watched a bunch of speeches of people that I like, and then I could learn how to speak like this, which is very inspirational and moving, and I learned how to, you know, like raise, like raise my voice at the right time and lower my voice at the right time. How do you silent it, bro? It's like, what the fuck am I? I'm manipulating people, nigga. That's not tight. That's not tight. That's Actually, not something to be proud of. Charisma comes into like charisma. It's more charisma than actual political knowledge. If you think it really about is. it, as you long as you're charismatic, then that's right, bro. You don't have to have a politic. You don't have to have a philosophy of life. You don't have to have values that you live by. You have to be charming, and you have to be able to speak well. And speak to a variety of different people. So that voice don't do you no good if you can't go into an environment like the one we come from and speak to people the way you grew up speaking, right? Or the way you naturally speak when you're not like on a stage in front of a bunch of people. Um, but that tells you everything, bro. If you can't be your same self across those different spaces, um, at some point, one of those spaces is not meant for you, bro. If it can't accept you as you are, and that don't mean that we should never change and never grow, but if a space judges you based off of the way you present rather than off of the substance of like what's coming out of your mouth or what's on your heart and what's on your head uh what's on your mind excuse me like bro that, that space does not that does not actually welcome you or accept you in any real way exactly man exactly moving on from that question aside from what led you down the path of music what's your main goal of making music so what mm. ideas are you trying to push forward and i i guess that kind of sums up the question pretty well what ideas are you trying to put forward and what's the main goal of um the music that you make i don't think there's a necessarily a goal to the music i think the music is just like an escape for me the music is just a place where i feel like i can be myself and um you could think of it almost like a little oasis in the middle of this chaotic ass world that we've just been talking about uh, with all the pressures and tension and pain that come with it. And there's also a lot of joy and beauty in this world, but music for me is an escape from all that. It's a place I could just retreat and almost in a therapeutic way, just reflect on whatever the fuck I'm feeling. When it's the most substantive, like, deep thoughtful thing or the most vain empty 
like embarrassing, almost like shameful thing that somebody probably wouldn't want to admit that they think it. That's what music is for me. It's like a, a diary um, of the good and the bad, like the substantive and the empty. I get you, man. I mean, honestly, literally, you get like, I mean, I mentioned Kid Cudi before, but Kid Cudi is a glaring example of someone who just puts his entire, his yeah. everything into music. Right from, yeah. Exactly. Right from Man on the Moon 1 with um, Day and Night and Pursuit of Happiness to oh, his most recent yeah. album. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And I mean, uh, man, yeah, I don't know. I just, I really admire Kid Cudi as, a, as an artist and as a writer as well. 100%. Cudi also was like one of the, one of the, uh, what do you call it? Like Trailblazers, one of the people who really... Pioneered, is it? Thank you. That's exactly the word I was looking for. He's one of the, bro, he brought the indie world, the indie alternative world to the rap world, bro. I think better than anybody, Kid Cudi like represents like the marriage of those two worlds. And I think those two things are like the two kind of subcultures that I really feel like I sprung out of. Um, rap, obviously, because it's so intimately tethered to black culture. Um, and shit at this point American culture but for a long time just black culture um and indie music bro because I'm from a little like hipster little town bro <laughs> we're a very granola crunchy town where people listen to super obscure random ambient psychedelic bands you know what I mean like you get put on <laughs> stuff young bro um being in a place like this so uh Cuddy was really the marriage of those two worlds bro I, I it was a place where I felt like it was okay to be weird, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Cuddy's just unap like the guy showed up to a Kanye West listening party with what was that like raccoon thing that he that had? On his head? I don't know what that was. That little lumberjack, nigga, axe throwing vibe, bro. That shit was hard though. I need to get it, was hard. it was hard. It was hard. It was hard. Yeah, that's what you mean. Oh man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, cool. So. Over the course of your recent album, congratulations on the recent album, but it, it was, I mean, I say recent, it was a couple of months ago, but Thank you, <laughs> yeah, congratulations it. on the album, um, Steel Rose. I've noticed a couple of recurring themes over the course of it, but I did want to hear it straight from yourself. What is the story behind the album, aside from um, you finding it as an escape? What's the story behind the album itself? Yeah. Bro, that... that... That album is a—it's uh, just a love story, basically. Uh, it's like a dystopian love story. It's something that sprung out of, uh, you know, being in a really bad personal space, kind of in the way I've been describing. All the stuff I've been describing was a lot of the tension that was going into me trying to figure out, like, who the fuck am I? What the fuck do I want to do? What do I want to stand for? Do I want to stand for anything? Do I just want to revert back to these parts of myself that I... Uh, I either grew out of or learned how to, did I actually grow out of these things or did I just learn how to mask them? Like I'm asking myself all these questions. That's kind of the beginning of the album. And in the midst of that chaos, uh, I meet somebody uh, and that person just has such a kind of hold on my heart that it makes me have to consider all of those questions in a completely different light um, because it forces me to actually be vulnerable in a way I've never allowed myself to be. Um, and I think that's what that project is about. It's about confronting vulnerability and ultimately giving into it and allowing yourself to fall into the beauty uh, that is love. 
uh, yeah, that's that's what it's about. It's it's just a love story, bro. That's crazy, man. And I mean, there are two different um, characters who are mentioned on this album: Salia and Salia and Sabibi, um, if I'm not mistaken. So. <laughs> Uh, is there a link between the two of them, or is it? I mean, what? I'll, I'll let you they're do the talking. They're the same here. person. No, they're the same person. They're the same person. They're the same person. So Salia is Sabibi. I just uh, that's just a, a nickname I made up for her. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, they're the same exact person. But I think Salia is like, you know, for instance, Salia's interlude is like the fourth song, right? Um, Sabibi's song is at the end. It, it also intimacy you can only get to at the end of the story once you overcome the hurdle of like pushing that person away keeping that person at a distance not allowing yourself to be close to that person oh, yeah. but uh yeah that, that's that's all it is bro the same person just at two different stages in my own progression as a as a person who's trying to mature and accept what it means to actually be in love which means to be vulnerable that's crazy man that's crazy and i mean i know that um uh, is Sabibi, is it like an Arabic term, is it? Or, because I think I've heard... Bro, I don't know, I just, I literally just, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I literally was just like, oh, cool, I'm going to use this. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Because I liked it. Yeah, I know that. Actually... Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go no, ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I was going to say, because I know that, like, Habibi or Habibti is like, um... Yeah, Habibi. Yeah, it's like an Arabic term, if I'm not mistaken, so... I, I don't know. I, it just, they just sounded similar. That's that's, that's fire. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, Habibi, Sabibi. No, that's the same shit. Uh, no, honestly, I just, uh, I don't know. I was just to come up with a, a nickname. I was like, oh, Sabibi, that would be tight. Because um, the first like syllable of her name, Sa, like Salia. Uh, I just thought BB sounded nice. It's just a nice thing to say. And then when I put it together, she was like, oh, that's actually what we call my grandma. Oh, oh, that's crazy. I was, like, I was like, that's crazy. So it was like, Sabibi, it just worked, bro. So I just kept using it. That's what, still what I call it. Uh, yeah. That's crazy, man. Those those are weird coincidences in relationships. It's just... <laughs> no, bro, never could have called it. But uh, yeah, serendipity. That's what we call it. Oh, man, that's crazy. Um, okay, so this is just something that I want to clear up for myself. Because whenever I am listening to this one track, this line always just it has me perplexed and I've, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck did i say bro <laughs> what the fuck did i say oh my i've gosh. spent time pondering this line um oh, oh which I, I can't remember which track it's from but you'll probably know which track just from the line because it's such an iconic line smoking on lies sipping <laughs> on piss <laughs> I'm falling into abyss. Please explain to me what that means, Mr. Flowers. Please. It's smoking on loud. It's smoking on loud. Like I'm smoking, smoking on loud. loud. Oh, bro. I'm smoking on loud. It's more self-explanatory. Yeah, sipping on piss. It's just like what you could call like a forty. Uh, just any type of malt liquor. Just beer that tastes nasty. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, sipping on piss. Like I'm falling into abyss. Like I'm falling into a hole, bro. Like a black hole, bro. I'm feeling. Shit, nigga, I'm feeling fucking <laughs> depressed. Like, I'm just coping with my with my shit in whatever way I know how, which is, you know, put one up in the air, sip a little something, man, and keep it pushing, you know? It gets like, but what time was it when you wrote that line? Because it must have been like 3 a.m. or something. <laughs> well, I had no idea. I was, uh, it's funny because that song, uh, I was trying to come up with a hook 
like the verses just came straight out. I just literally was just like, boom, put the verses on the on a song. And I needed a hook, and I was like, I don't have nothing that's catchy. And then um, I had just said that I was like just freestyling after I had recorded one of the verses. I was like, oh, that shit kind of fire. But I thought it was just gonna be a little bit that I ended the song with, and I just got lazy. I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, bro. I don't fuck it. I'm, I feel like I'm overthinking the song. Let me just copy paste that little bit that I like. I'm just gonna put it as a hook, bro. Yeah. Uh, it ended up working, bro. It ended up working. I love it though. Yeah, I love it for that reason. It just feels the most natural because it's the one bit that I really didn't put no type of thought into at all. It was just exactly how how I was feeling. It was late at night. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Oh uh, man, yeah, no, trust me, it's, I've written some of my best work late at night, so I completely get it, I completely understand it. Um, yeah, not turn on that same way. Okay, so apart from that, so the album is 14 songs long, if I'm not mistaken. How, like, were there any songs that didn't make it onto the album? Because I know that mm. there were a lot of artists who have been making some great, like Kanye recently dropped Donda Deluxe, that was like 36 songs or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. Chris Brown's always dropping albums that have like a hundred songs on them. Fifty-five million song projects, bro. I keep, yeah. Oh, get shit, with that song. voice, nigga. I don't blame you, bro. I would just want to hear myself on repeat, nonstop, nigga. I would want to hear myself for a hundred songs straight too if I had Chris Brown voice. The fuck you? Oh uh, man, that's what I'm saying as well. Honestly, if I could <laughs> sing, I would never stop. I would make sure that people, like both of my neighbors, hundred percent, all the time. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> but um yeah, were there any songs that didn't make it onto the album though? Yeah, hella bro. So many songs. I I, I mean so many yo, the one the one I really fucked up on though, there was this uh there's a song, it's called Kids These Days. Bro, when I tell you it's not even a song, it's not even a song. It's a guitar, like little interlude that my homie Andrew Hogan played. He did damn near all the guitar on Steel Rose. He's so talented. The project wouldn't exist without him. It's just this beautiful acoustic guitar and then a couple of like airy background vocals. And then at the end of it, it said, we just some kids grew up in the wrong. And it was supposed to be the intro track before Bury My Heart. Yeah. But I cut it off of there because I was like, oh, people gonna skip over it, bro. It's my first project. Nobody fucks my music, bro. When I tell you, nigga, if you're an emerging artist or you an artist that's like trying to get on, never make a decision like that. That's like the one thing I regret about Steel Rose. Cause I think that song changes the feel of the whole album. When you hear that first, it's so beautiful. And then it goes into darkness rather than dark from the outset. Yeah. It changes the way you experience the first half of the tape. Um, but yeah, that song, bro, it should have been on the project. Literally 45 seconds. It wasn't even long, but I bro, cut it off. It's never too late to put it on there. I mean, like, Kanye little, was still much. changing his album weeks after it was dropped. Yeah, that nigga signed to a major label. He Kanye West. He could say, nigga, Spotify update my shit, boy. If I, if I say update my shit, they're going to be like, you losing all these streams, dog. It's just coming oh, really? down. Really? <laughs> no, so they... Serious. But it, it'll be hard. I'll have to re-upload it as like a new release. Um, you can always do a deluxe version. You can always do that with the one with the one little the one little tweener on there. Yeah, there was a couple of joints still on there that uh that didn't make it. But I feel like uh, where I'm at now, my sound has progressed so far. It don't really feel like it makes as much sense to be putting out music. I should have done it like right off the bat. 100%. That whole project came out late though. I, I had that project done a year before I put it out. And um. Yeah, I feel like it would, it would have been more impactful in the short term. I think in the long term, it's going to be a very impactful project. 
uh, and I think people will consider it as like a really significant body of work, but it, it didn't have like the moment it should have had because I released it a year too late because I was trying to get everything right and I was trying to like work with the right people and oh, like let me get a video shot by this person. Oh, this person said they could plug me with this person. I'm gonna wait like a couple months to see if that materializes. None of this shit ever materialized, bro. You just like, the whole thing was DIY. I had to do everything myself pretty much um, on the like marketing, visual creative side. Um, yeah. So another word of advice, bro. When you make some shit, just put that shit out. That's what I'm doing all this next year, bro. Anytime I make something, bro, it's going out, out the door. I'm not even holding on to it. I'm not trying to like make it like this precious little thing. It's just going to be out into the world. Well, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, literally, I'm looking forward to hearing some stuff from you as well, some new stuff. So, yeah, next excited. 2022, roll on, because uh, <laughs> you've got that new yeah. JT Flowers coming out. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that leads me on to my next question, actually. What is next for you? Is it um, more singles, or is it an album? Is it merchandise, tour? What kind of stuff are you uh, doing <laughs> right now? Probably, yeah. Let me build up a little fan base. I think, like... Um, it's cool. I, I've been able to get to the point where I got like, no matter, I don't release no type of music. And I have like, there's about 800 people consistently on Spotify that listen to my shit. That's crazy to me. Like the fact that there's that number of people who even know who I exist as an artist is crazy exactly. to me. And I, I'm like, uh, I'm grateful for that. This next year though, I think I, I think I got the potential to be one of the coldest artists in this shit, period. Like any genre, <laughs> I think I could be a complete artist. I think I could make songs that other people can't make. Um, and I think that's true of every artist, if they fully themselves, because nobody is like you. Nobody is like Itch. Nobody's like Tino, like nobody's like me. So I'm like, this next year, all I'm doing, bro, is releasing music nonstop. Every few weeks, I'm coming out with a song. Uh, when I have enough songs that I feel like go together, boom, I'm just going to drop it off as a little project, keep moving, like, shit. A couple months later, there'll be another project, probably. Uh, I'm just trying to apply pressure because that's the one thing I've learned in this, bro. Uh, you can have all the music that you want, and it could be brilliant, but if you're the only one listening to it, you and your homies, like, you keeping it to yourself, you nervous to put it out into the world because you think it's not perfect, it don't do you no good. People like to grow with you. Now I'll wait for you to grow in and see what you grow into. You know what I mean? That's why anime is the most popular genre show on the face of the earth. You grow with the protagonist. Imagine nigga Hunter, Hunter. They show you going at the beginning. You're like, oh, that nigga got some potential, bro. And then they fast forward to the end of the fucking ant arc. You'd be like, what the fuck, bro? I missed the whole journey. So this year is all about the journey for me. It's like the progression of the sound. And the sound has evolved like OD, OD. So, uh, it's way better. The songs I'm making now are just way better. I'm trying to keep that same kind of rawness, but with just, I just want them to kind of capture the attention a little bit better. I want them to be a little bit more creative in the way I'm using my voice. Um, and then what I'm doing sonically, I just want it to feel a little bit more dynamic, like its own universe. Uh, so that's what I'm doing, bro. Yeah. Yeah, new man, shit I, coming very soon though and it's not gonna stop once it starts it's not gonna stop that's what i'm looking forward to man and literally consistency is the biggest key to growth you know yeah. like all, all growth is good growth whether it's 10 people or whether it's ten thousand people it's it's all it's yeah bro it, it can be one person bro one person that actually fucks with your music one person that reaches out over ideas like yo 
your music actually means something to me, bro. And I really believe in you as an artist. That shit, I don't know if like fans realize that shit, bro. That shit means something, dog. Like when you reached out to me, it was like, yo, bro, I actually love your music. I was like, what? Bro, I was like, there's a person that like my music that's not like one of my homies or something. Like, that's crazy to me. Uh, I'm grateful to you, bro. And I'm grateful for anybody who take the time to like reach out like that. Uh, that's what it's about, bro. It's building brick by brick. Because uh, this, at the end of the day, the best, I think the artists that I respect most are the best community builders, bro. They pull people together. Uh, and you can't do that if you're so self-absorbed in your own music that like all you care about is your numbers or like whether there's people interested in signing you or this, that, that, that. It's like, bro, what the fuck is the point? My only goal is to make sure that's true to me. And it's an added bonus gift if uh, that shit resonates with somebody else, bro. That's it. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like you get... You get a lot of artists who just take themselves way too seriously and they're like they're only focused on power and money and growth <laughs> and stuff like that. But, yeah. You know, it's you need to you need to take a look at the people around you as well, I think. But yeah. Um yeah. I do have one more question before I let you go on your way. I ask this question to everyone. It's the final question I ask everyone. You were heard by literally everyone on earth, or almost eight billion people on earth, right now for 10 seconds. What do you say? Oh, uh, shit. What do I say to people for 10 seconds? Set my 10 seconds probably up. God damn. <laughs> nah, nah, um, I think if I had uh, the ability or opportunity to speak to everybody at once, all I say is um, be true to yourself, be true to where you come from, uh, be true to the people around you, and take the time every now and again to step outside of yourself and recognize that the complexity of your truth, that same level of complexity exists for every single person that you see walking by you on the street, yelling at you from their car when you you honking at them, <laughs> uh, mad at you when you bump into them at the supermarket. Like we all got our own little universes in our own heads and mine is no more valuable than yours. Uh, mine should not be respected any more than yours. Uh, and that goes for any person that we interact with. So I, I just say, take the time to not only be true to yourself, but um, to be true to your humanity by empathizing with others and always taking the time to think about uh, what we can do for one another rather than what we can do for ourselves. That's real, man. That's real, honestly. And that's the idea of Sonder, if I'm not mistaken, as well. The idea that everyone's got their, everyone's the main character of their own story. Yeah. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's that's a very true. It's a very true thing. And every now and again, you come across these like really rare, um, exceptional people who truly do think of themselves as secondary to the people in their lives. Um, and I think those are the people I most admire. I don't think I'm that way. I'm not that way. I wish I could be that way. I'm not that way. And I'm trying to work to get myself there. But. Um, yeah, I think the world would be a much better place if those folk were the majority rather than us. <laughs> I can't speak for you rather than like, folk like me. You know. What uh, I mean? To so. be fair, I'm I'm a pretty I'm trying not to be so self-absorbed as well. So <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to be self-absorption as much as it just is, bro. Like ego, ego, bro. Ego, ego gets in the way. It's useful, bro. I wouldn't be able to make the music I, I make if I don't have no, no type of ego. Exactly. 
What nigga? It wouldn't be the fuck would I? You would never talk no type of shit. You would never like be feeling yourself. You'd, be You'd like, never oh, be bigging yourself up. Like yeah, bro, my stuff slaps. What about it? Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, yeah, you would never. You would never be thinking out of feeling that. So there is a place for ego, but uh, when we talk about like the way we we envision community, community don't flow from ego. Like peace don't flow from ego. Uh, happiness, joy, fulfillment, none of them shits flow from ego, bro. They flow from selflessness, prioritizing other people. Exactly, man, yeah. I do think the world would be a better place if we all just prioritized each other over ourselves and just thought about how everyone else is feeling um, more than ourselves. We'll get, there, we'll get there, that's part of the mission, man. That's, that's like what you do through your platform. Like regardless of the size, but you elevate and people in their stories. That that is like an act that fits perfectly into what we're talking about, and that's what I'm trying to build out with uh, this whole diehard universe, bro. That's really what it is. That's what diehard is. That's that's it. it's a community, bro. It's a family of people that um, together could be more than what any one of us could ever be individually. You know what I mean? A community that support one another, that lifts each other up, that believes in one another that inspires one another creatively and otherwise. And shit, bro, like a community that like pushes everybody to be their most true, fulfilled self. That's how sounds like, sounds like you're talking about the opposite of London, basically. <laughs> the opposite of high key, bro, yeah, high key. But yeah, man, there's a place for it everywhere. We just gotta carve it out, you feel me? I get you, man, I get you. And you know what? I do think that's a good place to close off this episode, but before um, the fans dip, Fans, listeners of the Ish Plus Six podcast, thank you for getting this far. Go stream JT's new album, Steel Rose. My personal favorite tracks are Lose My World and Six Deep. Keep it real. And um, yeah, JT, do you have anything that you'd like to say before we close off? Nah, bro, I, I appreciate you, man, for um, just always being so supportive. Literally from day one, bro, when I started dropping music, you was really there, like, and you've been there ever since, like, in the comments, like, just like, yo, da -da 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 -da, bro. That shit means so much to me, bro, for real. And I'm never going to forget that, bro, it don't matter what happens. I could be the biggest artist on the face of the earth. I would never forget that shit. And you always got... Uh, they got place in my family and my life, bro. That's that's real. Uh, so I appreciate you, that so much, man. Honestly, it's it's been good. Uh, this has been a good interview as well. But yeah, it's been um, fun. Bro. It's been fun. Thank you to everybody who listened to to took the time to listen or watch uh, either either or whatever both. Uh, y'all are also amazing, bro. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, let's let's get this shit, man. <laughs> let's get it. All right. Um, listeners of the Plus Six podcast, uh, keep it real, and I will <laughs> see you all next time.